the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To be sure, we live by faith. Yet, there is a way to meet Jesus in person, even today. And we'll talk about that next on Truth For Today. Join us. Apart from dying yourself, there is a way that you can meet Jesus tangibly today. In fact, I dare say you've done it before, just not really understanding what we're saying. To be sure, we do live by faith alone. Yet that faith carries over to a tangible view of Christ in communion. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. As we continue our series, Meet Your God, we do so looking at the God in communion. It's important to understand what communion is. It's more than just a wafer and a little juice. With more, here's Pastor Phil Howard. We're going to look at uh, the meaning of the Lord's Supper today. It's amazing how much church life you can have and not know what you're doing. And sometimes I think of my early Christian life. If we took communion twice a year, uh, that was doing pretty good. We didn't take communion a whole lot when I first got saved and in the circles I was in. You'll hear people say, well, you don't want to take the Lord's Supper too much. It just becomes a ritual. It will never be a ritual if you know what you're doing. The early church took it every day. Never became a ritual. Uh, then they took it every uh, Lord's Day. It never became a ritual. Uh, a man like Spurgeon said, I've taken the Lord's Supper for 45 years every Sabbath day, and it has never become old or meaningless. I know what I'm doing. And so let's take the journey and find out why we take the Lord's Supper and what it means. Why don't you turn with me to two passages? Uh, let's start in 1 Corinthians 11, and we'll come back to it. Then we'll go to the Gospel of Luke, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul wasn't at the Passover where Christ introduced the Lord's Supper. And so God revealed this to him years later. And he writes in verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Notice how often you're to take it. For whenever you do this, he never puts a time period. Uh, 
He never tells us how often, but whenever you do it, do it this way. Now, if you'll turn back into Luke, the gospel of Luke. I want you to now all to become Jews right now. You, you just moved into Jewishness, okay? Let's say you're back here in 33 AD. And you are the men that he invites to take the Passover. Look what happened that evening. Luke 22, verse 13. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And then he goes on to speak of those who will betray. So uh, we'll pick up in Exodus 12 shortly. Let me give you three views of uh, what happens to these elements in the Lord's Supper. Roman Catholic tra uh, tradition has taught that the elements are transferred from one thing to another substance with the blessing of the priest. And they say that the blood, or rather the juice and the bread, become, after being blessed, the body, literal, body of Christ, literally the blood of Christ. So the wafer is given to the people, the cup is held onto by the priest, because they taught of you that this something happens to these elements. When you pray, they change in some way, miraculously, and it's called transubstantiation. A fellow by the name of Luther uh, wrote 95 Theses, was a devout Catholic uh, priest and a great scholar uh, in Germany, worked at the uh, university. Uh, after he wrote his 95 Theses, in time, uh, he and those in the Lutheran tra uh, tradition adopted a view that's just a step away from that, and they taught a view called consubstantiation. And that view is from the Latin word con and the Greek word uh, con, uh, based on that word, that uh, it doesn't necessarily change the elements, but alongside of the elements. You've got the bread and the juice. Alongside of it, in a mystical way, in a, some would use the word spiritual way, uh, Christ is alongside of these elements so that when you take communion in a special unseen way, uh, Christ is alongside of this. And so it makes it a highly spiritual, sacred uh, endeavor for sure. Because he's alongside the bread, alongside the juice. Uh, during the Reformation, a man by the name of Swingley uh, emerged. And he said to 
He didn't think anything happened to the elements. Nothing changed the bread. Nothing changed the Jews. But that the bread and the Jews were symbols of a greater truth to be taught. So he taught a symbolic view at the Lord's Supper that we're not going to eat his flesh literally today or drink his blood. By the way, I had a man leave this church one time because he said I taught cannibalism. He he really did. Took the Lord's Supper and he thought I was saying that we were going to drink the literal blood of Christ. And so he left and called us cannibals. Really did. That's not what we're saying at all. We're of the view that it is symbolic. This bread is bread, this juice is juice. But what it represents is what we're to discern and to figure out. Now, when did Christ introduce the Lord's Supper? He introduced it to another Jewish, Jewish national celebration. It was at the Passover And when the Jewish people came to this Passover, they didn't think any of the food changed. They didn't think any of the food, uh, anything miraculous happened. But it was a memorial to their hardship in Egypt. They had leeks and garlic and cucumber reminding them of their diet as slaves down in Egypt. And everything at the meal was symbolic. They knew no metamorphosis happened to anything. But what was the Jewish Passover all about? If you don't understand that, you probably would never understand communion. Go back to Exodus 12. And every devout Jew is entrenched in this. And since you're Jewish today, by sermon illustration, you know this chapter by heart. And so... The Lord is giving Moses instruction while they're in is down in Egypt. And he's telling them, I want every household, every family to uh, get a lamb. Invite anyone that's too small to have a lamb. Bring them into your household. And verse five, the animals you choose must be a year old without defect. You may take them from the sheep or the goats, set them aside on the 10th until the 14th of Nisan. Then you will slay them. Verse 7, then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roast it over the fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it until the morning. If some is left till the morning, you must burn it. He says, verse 11, eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you. Get it? A symbol, a sign on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you. When I strike Egypt. Now in verse 
In chapter 13, he says in verse 10, he's already talking about their exodus as though it's already done. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time year after year. And then he tells them they have to pay a price, a redemption price for every male animal and male son that was spared. You give a redemptive price as a thank you offering to God that he spared my firstborn son, that he spared the firstborn of my flocks. Give God a thank you offering for his redemption. Well, now let me paint the picture for you. I'm a Jewish boy. Maybe I'm the eldest son. Eldest son. Now let's put us out in Canaan. We've entered the land. We've done the exodus. We've done 40 years of wandering. And now we're in the land. And so we step up and you start reflecting. I was the candidate's son to die back in Egypt. I was the one to die on that night that the death angel went throughout the land. But on that night, my dad thought enough of God's command that he took our pet lamb and slew it and took hyssop and he sprinkled it over the door lintels, both sides, top. And we could hear screaming through the night. We could hear the Egyptian households that had gone into mourning. But all of our family were eating a leg of lamb. We were eating this animal. And as we heard the screaming, as we heard of mourning, even Pharaoh's son died. No one exempt that was not under the protective cover of this lamb. I want you to know as we take Passover, children, your daddy wouldn't be here had God not honored the blood of the lamb in Egypt and spared my life. And because I survived that night, I lived to see God's mighty hand in Exodus 14. I watched God's hand come behind the camp of Israel when we were boxed in at the Red Sea. And his army was charging us. The cloud that was in front of us moved behind us and became our rear guard. Pharaoh couldn't get up to our men, women, and children. We were there, boxed in. And then I saw Moses take and use a rod and strike the Red Sea. And God's mighty power opened it. We walked across our old men, our old ladies, our little children. When we all got across, Pharaoh's army began to race into the Red Sea that was dry. And God began to dismantle all the chariot wheels. And in the middle of it, I watched from the banks. Because I'm talking about a Jew that was only 20 years old when this happened. See, the ones under 20 survived the wilderness march. They didn't die. It was those over 20. I saw the army of Pharaoh washed. I watched Miriam pick up a tambourine and begin to lead us in a song. Pharaoh and his chariots, God is cast into the sea. Great is our God. A mighty deliverer is he. Now, 
for the rest of their lives, Israel, even to this day, the Jewish people says, we know how we got out of slavery. We know how we became a nation. And part of our history was the death of a lamb. But there's something amazing that happens in the Bible. In Abel's day, he had to bring a lamb for himself. In Genesis 4, he brings a lamb. Cain brings grain. But Abel slew a lamb for a person. But then when you come down here in Exodus 12, it became a lamb for a household. You need a lamb just to cover one household. But then as redemption widens, we get to Leviticus 16. He said, you've got to slay a lamb for a nation, the day of atonement. But by the time John stepped out to preach, he said, let me tell you about a lamb, not for just an individual, not just for a household, not just for a nation. I proclaim the lamb of God for the world. I got a lamb for the whole world. So that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, the sinning brother needs to be put out of the church because Christ, our Passover lamb, has been slain. Get rid of all the leaven. Clean up the house because the lamb of God has died for us. Now, now, in the context of that Passover, Christ takes the bread He said, from now on, when you eat the bread, don't look back to Egypt. My church, my followers, all Jewish to begin with, when you take the Passover, that's fine to take the Passover. But I'm introducing just two elements. And these elements are when you eat the bread, if you just set aside bread, not herbs, not garlic, not going back to Egypt. I want you to simply go back to the cross. And remember that I will give my body on behalf of you. I took a human nature so I can die. You cannot nail a spirit to a tree, but you can nail a body to a tree. And so I accepted the assignment when I was with the Father and the Spirit. And we said, only a member of the Godhead will be able to remove the atrocious offense of man's rebellion. I won't accept bulls for it. I won't accept lambs for it. I won't accept turtle doves. I won't accept offerings. I won't accept good works. A member of the Godhead must die to get a wretched sinner to heaven. You're not worth that much. But the offense is that great. Jesus Christ is worth a billion universes over. One Christ. I and you are not that valuable. I don't even think your mama thinks you're that valuable. But I ask as I was praying this week, why such a price? And we can get into the, well, I'm so valuable. No, you were so offensive that no one could remove the sinful odor of our lives that went before God The only way the stench of a race in rebellion could ever be quenched was to send up another fragrance. It was the fragrance of the slain Lamb of God that smelled good to God. And he says, I can forgive, I can save, I'm free now to do something for my enemies. Because my son would step in and take their place. 
he paid a remarkable price. When I think of this uh, Passover thing, uh, I looked up a song I, we used to sing as a kid. I mean, church. Uh, I know why we were singing it. It was written in the 19th century when I was a teenager. Uh, and uh, I love it. We never sing it. I mean, no one probably ever even heard of it, but we used to sing it. Christ, our Redeemer, died on the cross, died for the sinner, paid all his due. Sprinkle your soul with the blood of the Lamb, and I will pass, will pass over you. Then the chorus was, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Listen to this. Chiefest of sinners, Jesus will save. All he has promised, that he will do. Washed in the fountain, open for sin, and I will pass. I will pass over you. Every child of God here this morning, hear me, hear me well. The only reason the judgment of God will not eternally separate you from him is that by faith we are plunged beneath the protective cover of Christ's blood. And when God is looking for judgment on the earth for sin, everyone who's put faith in Christ, it's like the death angel jumps over you, jumps over, over here, someone is dying and lost. You jump over here, says, hey, he's passed over me. I'm no longer abiding beneath the wrath of God, as John three thirty six says, for I'm not condemned. I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not a subject of divine judgment or condemnation. He has passed over me in Jesus. For Christ has become the Lamb of God for us. Well, let's uh, look at uh, what we're supposed to remember. Number three, the three sacred truths. They're very easy. I just put them under... The three B's were to remember a body that was given to die. We're to remember a life that was shed, his blood, that purchased a new covenant. And for us, new covenant blessings like a new heart. Jeremiah said he would take away the heart of flesh and Ezekiel. He'd get, put a new spirit in us. Christ bought your salvation he bought you forgiveness. And when you drink that cup, it says, I'm forgiven because of what this blood represents. This juice in my hand today, I will go behind it and say, it represents the blood of Jesus Christ shed in my place. This bread represents a body from Bethlehem all the way to the grave. Marvelous, marvelous. And then I rejoice at communion. I rehearse my benefits. <laughs> Because I, Christ came, because he died, I rehearsed the fact, all of eternity is mine now. All this righteous standing is mine. And it's all because of two things, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ for me. That's why we can never take it enough or focus on this. Never get locked. Let me tell you, believers. Uh, there are always going to be marriage books. I think there's about 5,000 at least just for Christians. When are you going to get it figured out? There's certain truths you can never mature enough 
to ever put them on the back burner. And it's the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's central. It's central. It's core to everything. You lose that, you cease to be Christian. And a lot of Christians have got a rotten marriage and they're going to die and go to heaven with a rotten marriage, but they're still going to make it to heaven. There's not enough books to correct the mother and dad you have. There's not enough books to correct all the family problems because we are flawed sinners from the crown of our heads to the sole of our feet. And you can't get everything straightened out, but you can get under this blood. You'll never outgrow this truth. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available. Again, they're at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 